Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Zach Berman down here at the Novacare Complex where the Eagles uh, just had their first practice after their bye week off. Uh, not much of a practice, just a walkthrough. As but, Jim Schwartz will tell you. Yes, yes exactly. But uh, a participant in Monday's walkthrough, uh, good news for the Eagles in that Tim Jernigan has been cleared and has returned to practice. As you mentioned, Jim Schwartz made it very clear that practice today wasn't much of a practice, just a walkthrough. But a good sign for the Eagles, who have been lacking bodies at the defensive tackle position and, and impact bodies, mm-hmm. to be frank, aside from Fletcher Cox. And Jernigan uh, filled that role last year as a starter. And I'm not sure if he'll be able to play Saturday, Zach, but getting him back is, is going to be huge for this team. Yeah, major boost. Um, and, and they really need it at defensive tackle. Obviously, the Eagles added Golden Tate, and, and we'll discuss that. But when you talk about big midseason additions, Tim Jernigan would, would qualify as that because he was a high-level player last year. Even if the stats didn't bear it out, um, his talent on the defensive line helps Fletcher Cox. And I think it's an upgrade over – well, I know it's an upgrade over what else they're playing. Haloti Nan is a good player, but probably not a you know an every-down or near-every-down type player. And then you have – um, Trayvon Hester, and I don't think that's the direction you want to go on a, you know, on a multi-snap or heavy snap basis. Tim Journey again is a starting defensive tackle, upgrades their defensive line. I think it will also take some of the pressure off Michael Bennett and Brandon Graham having to play so many snaps on the interior. Uh, so that would be a major boost for the defense. I wonder how much they're going to be able to get out of him, though, early on, and if, even if he'll be ready this this Sunday night. Well, it's a big mystery injury. I mean, no one really knows. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why, I, you know, the Eagles, you know, in talking to Doug these last few weeks, you know, he wasn't really uh, 100% con- uh, confident that he'd be back even at all this season. Now, look, he's not in there. He's not a doctor, as he likes to say, mm-hmm. but um, – I just wonder if uh, you know if he's cleared, he's, he's he's back, he's ready to play now. He's 21 days. The Eagles have 21 days for him uh, before he has to be placed on IR to get him active. And, and look, they wouldn't have brought him off the uh, you know the NFI list if he wasn't able to play sometime soon. If it's not Sunday, it'll probably be the next week. Um, but uh, you know, if you have just a three-man rotation of Cox, Jernigan, and Nada, is that enough, you think, just to get this uh, defensive line uh, back to where it was last season? I think so. Now, I don't know if you're going to, give, you're going to get the same Jernigan as last year. And frankly, I think Bowen Allen was probably playing better last year than Nada's playing this year. Uh, but I, I think it's better than what the Eagles had the first eight games of the season. Um, so it, it's a big addition for the back half of the schedule. I mean, usually – in November and December, you're missing key players. And the Eagles are missing key players. We know that. But to get a, a core defensive starter back for the first time yeah. this time of year, uh, it, it's going to be huge. We both thought that maybe defensive tackle would have been a position they addressed via trade before the deadline. This explains why exactly. they didn't go in that direction. And Jernigan, you know, whatever you get out of him, he's, he's going to be fresh in terms of, sure. um, you know, it hasn't been beaten up at all now for 10 months, hasn't really had the – endure that type of strain on his body so that should help in that regard um you know with Jernigan last year he came in everyone thought that scheme wise he'd be more of a pass rusher than I think he was I think he was a better run stopper than I had anticipated well they took him off the field on most third downs and you know he only really played I think 48 percent of the defensive snaps which was even lower than what he played in Baltimore so they really used him as an early down player they liked Brandon Graham on the inside last year, you're seeing Michael Bennett. But they gave him a big contract. Role. I mean, they gave they him did. a big contract based upon that. Yeah. So, and and you were and, and you were pretty critical of the contract when they gave it to him. 
yeah, I, I, I understood why they did it, but I think you were right. Like that's that's that was real heavy money for the way they used him. And the reality is that they they were going to get that guaranteed con- they're going to get that guaranteed money back because of the injury. So maybe they lucked into it. But I thought he was going to be more of a pass rusher. I thought he had that pass rush ability. Jim Schwartz talks about him like he has that pass rush ability, but they kept taking him off the field on third down. So. Yeah, I think he does. I think he's a one gap type of uh, penetrator, but we just didn't see much of it. And I guess you know, look, you have you have Brandon Graham who can move inside, and now you have Michael Bennett. So I wonder how much we'll see of that. In terms of uh, third, you know, rushing in on third down, I think it'll just be more a lot of of him on rundowns. Well, yeah, yes and no. And the reason I say yes and no is because a- no, no, but also because you don't have Derek Barnett. So I, I think that as much as they talk about Josh Sweat, I think they're going to stick to mainly a three man rotation at defensive end. They'll play Sweat a bit, but I think they're going to need Graham and Bennett more at defensive end. Well, you met you asked Jim Schwartz today. About that rotation, we only saw Sweat for four yeah. snaps. Yeah, and we saw both Graham and Bennett over 80%, which is pretty high for them. Yeah, but, and his response was that he felt like going into the bye, that these yep. guys can empty their tanks a little bit, would be a little more refreshed uh, with that extra week off. So that may explain it. I think at some point you're going to need a little bit out of Josh Sweat. I don't know how much he's, he's shown so far. But as you mentioned, three is is not a, a big number, especially for a team that likes to rotate as much as Jim Schwartz does. But how about play Jernigan more on third downs and not play play Bennett and Graham inside as much? They have more options now. Yeah, uh, they have more options than they did a week ago, especially coming off the Derek Barnett injury news. Okay, let's look at the uh, the, the trade. We we didn't have an opportunity to discuss that last week. I was away, uh, and you were here plugging it along. But uh, it's it's a significant move. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they brought in a guy that's had three one thousand yard receiving seasons in his career, over ninety yard under over ninety catches in each of his last four full seasons. Golden Tate. Uh, they gave up a third round pick mm-hmm. for him, and this could have only this could only be like an eight, eight week rental if exactly. they don't make the playoffs. So my view on it, and I'd like to hear about yours as well, is that if he makes the, if they make the playoffs, if he does enough to get them in the playoffs, I'm fine with the trade because. You know, you're going to have – if he does walk in free agency next offseason, you're going to get something back in terms of a compensatory pick. And unfortunately, it would be 220. So mm-hmm. it's not like you, you've reaped that benefit right away. Um, but it could be as high as a fourth – it, it fourth, could be as high as so a third, third rounder. Yeah. I think more like a fourth more rounder. Like a fourth be, rounder. Yeah. Okay. So you can justify it that way, especially if they make the playoffs. But if they don't make the playoffs, you gave up a, a high right. draft pick for a guy that didn't help you get over the top. Yeah, so I interpreted it, and we were texting about this after the trade, that it was it was a, an all-in type move. It was really showing that Howie or the front office or the coaches really view the Eagles like a legitimate contender, even though they're 4-4. Four and four. You don't make this trade if you're unsure about how your team's going to do. You make this trade if you think you can make noise in January. And I really think the Eagles feel like this division's wide open, and if they could just get into the playoffs – they can play with these other teams, but third round again is I think it's a lot to big give up. And, it's and a even high price. How, and even Howie mentioned how you know we're not interested in winning trades around here, which is kind of funny to hear him say that because he Howie, likes to win trades. Howie's always one yeah. wants to win trades, but this is one I think. And to his credit, I mean, it you know I think Howie two three or three years ago wouldn't have made this deal because it would have looked bad. Um, and also, like think about this time last year, we were at that same press conference after they traded for Jay Ajayi. And how his big me- and big message is: this isn't a rental. We don't make this type of trade if it's if it's a rental. You know, we make it because 
he's here beyond the season. He's a young guy who's here beyond the season. And now all of a sudden they're giving up a higher pick for a, a 30-year-old rental. Yeah. So that's why I was, I was surprised. About it. I didn't even mention yeah. Golden Tate anywhere because I really didn't think that he'd be on their radar. I thought yeah. if they're going to sign somebody that's going to cost – you know, that has a pretty high salary, it's, it's going to be somebody that – or not just a high salary. It's somebody of name. It was going to be somebody that had more years left on his contract. Yeah. So uh, a few things here. You mentioned the compensatory picks. And since Joe Douglas got here, that's a game the Eagles have been real interested in playing. Uh, it's, it's a strategy Baltimore's used. I think Howie realizes that because of the Eagles' cap situation, they're not going to be major players in signing other free agents. So they're going to be pretty. They're, they're going to look good with that formula. A lot of the money they spend is going to be keeping their own guys, whether it's Jordan Hicks, Carson Wentz, a, a Nelson Aguilar contract, maybe Ronald Darby, maybe Brandon Graham. You know, there's there's so many of these free agents that I think the Eagles are going to spend money on keeping their guys in house. They know they're going to lose players, and they think they can recuperate those picks in in compensatories in 2020. I guess so, but right now they only have 10 picks because they likely lost uh, another comp pick in Caleb yeah, Sturgis, who was yeah. released today. And that's the thing. You you never know how the comp pick formula is going to go yet because you need to see what kind of – if if Golden Tate gets hurt, for instance – then he doesn't get a big con- he doesn't get as big a contract as the Eagles are anticipating. Yeah, you know, a lot of those comp picks are, are seventh round guys. I think sometimes it's made too much of that. You can get just as, sometimes you can get even better players on better deals through you know, free agency, undrafted guys. So okay, that's fine. But you can use those picks to trade up. Yeah, I mean, sure. you know, more the more the better. How about as a player though? How do you think Tate fits? Well, let's look at yeah Tate. Yeah. Um, I like Tate actually. I'm I'm a fan of Tate. I think he's a good receiver. Uh, tough, tough as nails, mm-hmm. um, possession type receiver. So there's going to be a little bit of carryover, I think, with Nelson Aguilar. I mean, a crossover with Nelson Aguilar because most of his reps come in the slot. Um, he's a yards after catch guy. We know that about Colton. Uh, I think he's averaged more than six yards uh, after the catch over his previous four seasons. Yeah, most in the NFL since 2016. That's according impressive. to next gen stats. The NFL measures that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like him. Uh, I don't know what he gives you down the field. To be frank, I know he can break t- tackles and uh, he can, you know, bust one loose for down the field, and that's, you know, if you if you can get a fifty yard catch that way, it's as good as catching one fifty yards through the air. Um, I'm interested to know what you think of him. Yeah, if, uh, the same things you said. Real tough receiver, um, very reliable. Uh, he he runs good routes, good after the catch. A big thing I thought is that the Eagles don't love their running backs right now. I don't know how much they really trust those guys. I think Josh Adams is going to play more. Uh, but I think they're, they're going to rely on the short passing game. It's something that other teams have had success with. Uh, Golden Tate does that as well as anyone in the league. It's a way of keeping Carson Wentz upright. The Eagles need to get better on third downs. They need to get in more manageable second and third down situations, and I think the way to do that is if you can get a, a four- or five-yard pass on first down, um, that that's going to help you, and I think Golden Tate – will do that better than Nelson Aguilar's done it for them. Right. They tried that with uh, Aguilar more than they did last yep. year. But Aguilar isn't going to break many tackles, if any tackles at all. Well, uh, well, he'll make guys miss. He'll make guys miss, but I but think he's, he's not going to – yeah, he's he's not going to run through the tackle. But I think much. in those situations, you're going to ha- you're more inclined to have to break a tackle yeah. than make a guy miss. I agree. There's more there's traffic. Space. There's yeah. more traffic. There's less space. And I think you'll see more of Golden Tate in that regard than you will Aguilar. You'll probably see Aguilar more of him at, now outside. He's not as effective outside as he is in as he is inside. Can he adapt to that role? I mean, previous uh, evidence says no. It's a good question. Um, can he adapt to it? I, I don't think he's as effective as as he is when he's in the slot. 
that being said, I think the Eagles haven't been maximizing Aguilar this year. The way they're using him is not the way they were using him last year. Uh, so I think if they could find ways to get back to what they were doing last year. Now, there's different things you can do. I mean, like, like you can line up two guys on the inside, for instance. Um, you can go heavy on a certain side of the field. There's, there's different packages that I think the Eagles are going to experiment with. I think Nelson's not the guy hurt as much as – well, Jordan Matthews I don't think plays as much now. Dallas Goddard I don't think he plays as much. And I think the, all the running backs kind of lose – some production here, too. I mean, they love – look, they had great success running out of 11 personnel mm-hmm. last year. Um, I think they were the most effective last year. So, you know, if this allows Doug to, to use that personnel more, which I'm sure it will, then, then that's, I guess, good for the, for the offense. That's what they think. Mm-hmm. Um, we I, talked about this briefly, just the importance of giving Carson Wentz more control. And this basically allows him to do that sure. with, another rece- with another receiving option. Yeah, I, I mean, Carson Wentz is your franchise quarterback. Put it in his hands more than Wendell Smallwood's hands. Actually, I'm, Come on. <laughs> let's give one up for who are you, who are you going with there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, although, I mean, I, I hate to be hard on Smallwood. He's been pretty good this year. But I'm sure curious, you want to put it in Carson's hands. I'm curious what you, what, you, what, you, what you think here. We've been talking about a lot of different personnel groupings. Um, could you see the Eagles running three receivers, two tight ends, and an empty backfield? So you, yeah. so you have... Alshon, Golden Tate, Nelson Aguilar, then Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. I mean, we've, we've seen them use a lot of empty backfield already mm-hmm. this season, so I don't see any reason why they won't now. I mean, spread uh, spread, spread teams out. out. You have five guys there who can catch. Um, Beat man defense, all of them. Yeah, and, and, and what kind of defense are our teams matchups. playing? Yeah, yeah what so, kind of matchups are you getting there? Yeah, so that's... Two tight ends... I mean, uh, two linebackers. Exactly. And if you get two linebackers, you're you're salivating with uh, Goddard and Ertz against both those guys. Exactly. So that's – I'm real curious if the Eagles go more empty backfields now and, and if Carson's throwing 50 times a game, 45, 50 times Look, they're going to have to get the run game going, though. I mean, they still need to rely on those running backs. I wonder how much Josh Adams is going to change or how much it changed of what they – you know, in terms of what they felt like they had to do with the trade deadline. He was clearly the best running back in Jacksonville. He was, but it was one game, and he did have yeah. that fumble late in the game. Sure. But certain. but Corey Clement hasn't been productive this year. I mean, that's yeah, there's no, no way around I don't know that. what the deal is there. Mike Groh was asked about that today. Yeah. He, it sounded like more, he's like he said, I think he said it was more just a football thing. Yeah. But um, I mean, it, it, the sample's not huge, and he was very effective earlier in the year. I think maybe the injury could be lingering. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Or, or maybe he's, he's, he's better in a, more of a situational role um, as a change of pace guy. He was a third down back in the playoffs last year. They can they can go back to that. I'm curious. I actually think when Sproles comes back, the Eagles are going to play Sproles a lot. Um, I could be wrong there, but uh, I think he'll I he'll take the most snaps at running. I wonder. Back. A lot of his third down role is the, kind of the safety guy. Now that you have Golden, I wonder if they feel like they need they need Sproles in that guard. Now you're going to need Sproles if, you, if you're going to have a running back out there. You'd rather have Sproles in terms of pass blocking. In terms of yeah. pass blocking, but yeah. also because he can he you know he he's probably still the best receiver out of all yeah. those guys. Um, so I guess I agree, agree with you to that extent. I have a question for you. Which trade would you would you think? Which trade is you trade read is my mind here? Yeah. Okay. Ha ha, Clinton Dix. No, no, no. Okay. Well, well no. I guess I, we can go there. Let's let's go with that one first because they, they both happened on the same day. Yeah. Right, correct. Yeah. So you need a safety. You didn't. You didn't get ha ha, Clinton Dix. That was a fourth round pick, I believe. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. I mean, it's a good question. Ha ha's younger. Uh, real productive safety. The thing is. I think the Eagles really like Avante Maddox as that deep safety. Um, I think that's not just how they're going this year. 
I think that's how they're going to go after this year, too. Um, so if you think you can get Sidney Jones back soon, then you, your focus is on shoring up slot cornerback, not deep safety. And I think that – so I think they viewed safety as less of a necessity as maybe we did after McLeod's injury because – and the, the production's been there. I think they really like Avante Maddox. That being said, the price for a younger player like Clinton Dix, but – I, I can't fault them because I've stood I've sat here in this room talking to you many times this year and I said the biggest problem on the Eagles is their offense um, they're less than they're fewer than 23 points per game they're in the bottom third of the NFL uh, there are all these teams scoring around the league I think seven teams average over 28 points the Eagles need to be there they need to get a more explosive offense I think this helps them. My only question is how much does this help them schematically how much does this create space for the other guys because Tate is not an over the top type receiver. No, but it's a weapon. No, it's certainly another player that that defenses have to account for. I mean, that's good. Look, I'm not saying it's not going to help them. Yeah. So I think, like, I I think this is on Doug now as a play caller. How do you adjust to your personnel? Um, They're not going to be able to run last year's offense, or they're going to have to adjust from how they ran last year's offense. It's a different team. But I think you you have another weapon here to use. Figure out a way to maximize this group. Um, You know, they, they can really put pressure on opposing defenses with their skill positions. They have a much deeper group of wide receivers now. Um, I mean, Golden Tate is – I really like the way you described him, just just a real tough, professional, reliable player. Uh, that's someone who on third downs, for instance, he's a chain mover. Um, so this is really going to help the Eagles. I think. But you have to play the field, and I just wonder if they're playing the field. If they're so who's the other player you were going to ask about? Uh, well, Cooper. A first round for Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. It's yeah. a good question. I mean, we just, you know, I mean, Cowboys play tonight. We're all going to see yeah. how they use him for the first time uh, in tonight's game. And, of course, the Eagles play them next week. Yeah, so I would have given up a second for Amari, not a first. Now, your first is at the end of the round if, if, if you're good. The thing about Amari Cooper is you have to give him a huge contract to justify giving up that pick. Um, and I don't know if the Eagles would be in position to giving him – the Sammy Watkins contract, for instance. But they gave up a guy, They gave up a third for Golden Tate, which mm-hmm. I think was more than most people would have thought. Sure. And I don't so, think they have designs on, resta- on, on re-signing Tate either. Right, but my point is that the Cooper, the first-round pick is probably what they, you know, they were willing to spend more for Golden Tate. Why not spend more, more for Amari Cooper? Because I don't, I don't think, they I don't, don't know if they know they could have paid Cooper. I, th- I think that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, but, I think first rounds. A lot. Personally, I think first round yeah. is too much for him. I, th- I agree with you, second rounder. But you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna say, okay, we got to do whatever it is to to get this team over the top, we're gonna spend a third round pick for a guy that's 30 years old on a declining yeah. contract for you know essentially no, rental. Why not do it for Cooper, a and, guy a guy who who you can theoretically have beyond just this year? And as as you know, I'm higher on Cooper than almost anyone in the media room. I mean, I I I wasn't laughing at Dallas when they made that move because. I genuinely think Cooper's probably better than just about any receiver you're going to take in the first round. There's some good ones. The kid at Arizona State, Harry's good. Mississippi State's got one. Oh, I'm sorry, Mississippi's got one. Yeah, um, he's but, uh, 24. But, uh, but Cooper is – he's proven um, that he, he does so much well. Just first-round pick is a high price to pay, especially when the Eagles are going to be in position. They're going to need that first-rounder, I think, for a premium position offensive line or defensive line next year. I mean, that's where I imagine they're going to go in the first round. Yeah, okay, bottom line, does this put them over the top in terms of getting to the playoffs? No, I don't think – in terms of getting to the playoffs? Yes. Yes. I, I think they win the division. Yeah. And I think they host the first-round playoff game. 
and obviously if you win the division. But I don't think they're they're better than New Orleans. I don't think they're better than Los Angeles. Um, I don't know if if they're better than Carolina. Uh, you know, there's some other good teams in the NFC too. Uh, with that said, if you get in there and you have Carson Wentz at quarterback, your hope is you can get high. I I think the Eagles are are one of the few teams who can go on the road, whether it's New Orleans and Los Angeles, and they won't be intimidated by the stage. Like, it's not going to be too big for them. No. That being said, I don't think this is the move that wins them the Lombardi Trophy. Well, I mean, they're, they're going to have two early dry runs yes. in, in both New Orleans and mm-hmm. Los Angeles to, to see if that's uh, ever uh, a possibility once the postseason comes around. I mean, I agree with you. I think I, I, don't, I think they might even – I think they win the division even without Golden Tate. Mm-hmm. Um. So this this was a move for, you know, obviously they're hoping it's more than just getting there. Mm-hmm. It's helping them him in the postseason. And while I agree with them to an extent that I think this team has the ability to have some momentum going into the postseason and maybe to kind of, you know, shake things up a little bit, who knows? Again, they're the defending Super Bowl yeah. champions. They have an elite quarterback in Carson Wentz. Anything is possible if you consider both of those uh, as part of the equation. But there are uh, there are systemic problems with this team that I don't know if they're going to go away. You know Howie Roseman well. You came on to the beat the same time he became general manager. You've seen his his evolution. Howie has his faults. One thing I think Howie does fairly well though is I think he's often honest about the team that he has. Um, yeah. I, um, do you think uh, a were you surprised Howie made this move? And b do you think this was Howie's move, or do you think this is one he made for? Doug or for Carson. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem like a Howie move. Again, because Howie typically would want to win those trades. Mm-hmm. As you said, yeah. Um, but I think how you know Howie has evolved as well. Sure. I think he's not as concerned about that anymore. And you know, when the coaching staff came to him and this, I'm, I'm just throwing this yeah. theory out there. If the coaching staff came to him and said, "Hey, we need something. Yeah, get us something and get us like an impact guy." And this was the best option for him. I could see him doing that, and I guess that's to his credit that he was that he's able to kind of um, listen to other voices in the building, which is yeah. something that he said he has done. Yeah. I mean, it helped him last year. I mean, I think that was a little more of a Howie move getting a Jai. Yeah, but I think I think this was a move that um, was universally applauded in that building. Yeah, I would agree with you because I think there's a school, there's a feeling. Up, upstairs that they have this window right now. This team's going to change. I, I thought you put out a great tweet last week. The Eagles need more youth. They need more speed. I think they know that going The second forward. half of that tweet wasn't well because I was leaning towards them not doing anything. No, but, and I was surprised they gave up so much. That, that's the thing that shocked me was that they gave up a third-round pick. But but that's my point is I think they feel like this is the last – like the window's closing with this current group. Let's see what we can do with this group. And the team's going to look a lot different next year. But my, my issue is, and this is why I don't love the, love the trade, is that, as, and I go back to that tweet, is they do need to get young and fast. They're not a fast team. Yeah, but they're going to do that next year. Like, yeah, like, that's but, what I think. But you're hurting that by taking away that third-round pick. But, but that's why I'm saying they're putting the chips in the table right now. They're saying like – Yeah, but I know, but I, I think there needed to be a voice in that room okay. and, and be a little more realistic about this team. Well, that's why I was asking Howie at the press conference, like – what message does this send, A, and B, do you view yourself as a legitimate contender? Because I didn't. I thought they were in that next year, and this is a move you make 
if you think you can play with New Orleans and you think you can play with Los Angeles? I guess we'll find out. Uh, I mean, certainly they got the Cowboys this uh, Sunday, and we'll talk about that later on this week. But uh, the Saints after that, and the Rams not too long after that. All right, well, that's it for the Bird's Eye View podcast, Money Edition. Uh, We'll talk to you later this week, uh, probably sometime on Wednesday.